This is Reclaiming the Narrative, Rochester's community-powered news radio show for Friday, August 6th. Coming up, we host a panel discussion with Reclaiming the Narrative contributors about community media, grassroots journalism, and Rochester. All that and more on this week's edition of Reclaiming the Narrative. Joining me today are three Reclaiming the Narrative contributors. Vanessa Ryland-Buntley is the co-host of Reclaiming the Narrative. She has a journalism degree from the college at Brockport, and she's been the voice of this program for almost two years now. Vanessa, welcome. Thank you. Uh, We're also joined by Jason Taylor, a reporter here at Reclaiming the Narrative. He produces the weekly segment, The Inequality Index. He's also the host of WXIR's public affairs show, Evidence of Design, which examines wealth and income inequality. Jason, welcome. Thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. It's super exciting to be here with everyone, albeit virtually. And Leslie Hannon is a reporter and feature contributor for Reclaiming the Narrative. Her work includes a series of feature interviews on mutual aid and grassroots media outlets. She's also a photographer. Leslie, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for setting this up. So I wanted to begin by asking each of you to talk about your personal journey within community media and journalism. How did you get started? Uh, What originally attracted you to this kind of work? I don't mind jumping in here to start. I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is read the news. I'm not saying that's a healthy thing, but it's what I do. And, you know, I don't drink coffee, so it's kind of my version of coffee. So the prospect of being able to become a producer or contributor to news and not just a consumer of it, uh, it it started to grow over my lifetime. And I always felt like, wow, you know, as you do something so much, you end up seeing things things that could be improved upon or you start to think, hmm, I wouldn't have written it that way or phrased it that way. I would have done it this way. And instead of just thinking about that, you can start to do it. So eventually I just wanted to get involved and uh, new WXIR and RCTV is having uh, a real penchant for being open for community involvement and reached out. And it was as simple as that. I started last year. I'm a photographer usually, and I end up just kind of going to things around Rochester and taking pictures. And around the protests of late summer and early fall last year, I was taking pictures because my focus has been not really how they'll be thought of today, but how they'll be thought of, you know, 20 years down the line. And so um, the connection to reclaiming the narrative was pretty random. And uh, I just started, you know, submitting some photos and building these connections. And the next thing I knew, I was doing interviews and um, experiencing all sorts of new things. It's been really uh, enjoyable and I look forward to continuing it. Um, But really, it's all kind of by accident for me. And I figure what better way to get into historical documentation than being a part of community reporting. Vanessa, tell us a little bit about how you got interested in media uh, originally. So originally I got interested in media really, well, I think I've always been interested, but really when I was doing my photography major at MCC in uh, 2013, I took a couple of classes and I was like, oh, I kind of like this. For me, coming into um, community journalism, 
it was interesting because after my time at Brockport, I realized I didn't get to do an internship or anything because I was really focused on my daughters getting into college at that time. I was like, what can I do now? I, I don't have my foot in any door. I still need to learn. I don't feel like school provides all of the learning that you need. It's a, a constant process. And you put out like an open call. And I was like, wow, maybe I can do that. And that's where I started here. <laughs> um, I want to ask each of you if since you've been involved as uh, producers of media and producers of local news, if it's uh, what you expected? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I thought that it would probably be easier, I guess, as someone who could just sit down, whip out a story, and people would love it, and it would contribute to the you know body politic of, of our community, a successful body politic, and raise people's awareness and whatnot. Um, it, it's harder than that, only because with great power comes great responsibility. So if you're producing news and capturing people's stories and and relating that to the public i think that it takes a lot of work in doing it right and so even if i'm just producing a two-minute story for the inequality index on reclaim the narrative to produce something that's two minutes long takes me hours it, it really does because i you know i want to make sure i get it right and of course as you continue to do it and you practice more and more, you, it doesn't take up as much time. But, you know, it, it never becomes really easy because I think, again, great power, great responsibility. just takes time to make sure you're asking the right questions, that the things that you think are facts are indeed facts, and that you're getting the proper representation for your stories. You're not just going to the same folks, but you're really reaching out to those who are perhaps um, unheard or underheard. And so um, my expectation was it'd probably be a little bit easier than it's turned out to be, but it is more rewarding than I thought it would be. I've, I've really experienced, uh, you know, it, it's become a, a great hobby, a great thing to do, not just on one's resume, you know, but it, it's a part of my identity in life now. And it's, it's uh, while it's a little bit harder than I thought it would be, it's more rewarding than I thought it would be. Leslie, how about you? When you uh, first reached out to Reclaim the Narrative to contribute some photos, uh, what was your hope or expectation and did it meet your expectations? You know, I mean, I can't say it's what I expected or didn't expect because I wasn't sure what to expect. But I, you know, I did figure I would be doing, you know, a lot of photo type of stuff. I didn't expect to be doing uh, the interviews and some of the things that I have done. But it's been a great experience all the way around. Um, I think in the beginning, I did find it a little intimidating because I think just about, you know, when you do something new, there's always that intimidation factor. But I found once I got into it, um, you know, I was just a person asking another person some questions. And, you know, it was easier than I expected in some ways. Initially, I really didn't have an expectation. Um, being a little older and the mom, I really didn't think I would, you know, be able to do much with it. Actually, I was told uh, by people at the, you know, the unemployment office, when I said I was going to school for what I was going to school for, they said, well, that's not a good decision. You can't do anything with that. You're too old. So I, I didn't come into it with any expectations, actually, because I really had in my head, well, I'm too old, but if I'm taking out loans, I'm going to do this for what I want to do. And coming into um, 
RCTV and WXIR, it was as hard as I expected it to be. <laughs> um, I tried my hand at writing some of the stories and, and that was a little difficult for me because um, as you know, Darian, I, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and I want to write stories and continue learning. Um, but I think it's difficult to remove yourself sometimes and especially because we're, we're doing community news. So this is my community. So how do I stay impartial? When we launched Reclaiming the Narrative three years ago on WXIR, uh, our goal was to make an intervention into the way uh, the city of Rochester, New York is depicted uh, often in the local news media. We wanted to get to a place where we were producing not only more representative coverage of the issues and movements that matter to city residents, but also to empower community members themselves to take up their cell phones, to take up microphones, tablets, iPads, what have you, and do the reporting themselves uh, and to uh, reclaim that narrative. So, you know, thinking back on the last three years and where we've been, I'd like to ask all of you for your thoughts on the state of news reporting in Rochester generally, uh, and also if you can talk specifically about a story that um, you feel um, has had a lot of impact, uh, either one that was reported in the mainstream media or one that we reported or one that you reported on, um, what stands out to you? Sure, I can jump in first here. This is Jason. Uh I am guilty of so-called paying attention to national news far more than local news. So uh, reading the major news outlets that we can think of, New York Times, et cetera, I do that a lot. And growing up and even now, I, I don't, I'm not involved as much in local news as I should be. And being involved in Reclaim the Narrative has really helped to uh, push me into consuming and producing local news, contributing to the local scene by producing longer stories, more in-depth stories, or thematically uh, coherent stories is, is really important. And also hearing from folks who are on the ground, as you mentioned, Darian, by taking up microphones and cameras, because we all have those in our pockets at all times, you know, if you have a cell phone or a smartphone. So, so it's certainly possible, and, and we can harness that energy and really produce uh, good grassroots community media that uh, holds our leaders accountable and enables us to advocate for the type of world that we want to live in. If I'm to think of a, a story that I produced that uh, you know really resonated with me that I'm proud of, it was something I did with a, a, another sort of partner of mine, Matt Treadwell. We, we produced it last year for Reclaim the Narrative. Um, it was called Make Him a Suspect, documents show how RPD villainized Daniel Prude from day one. So, so this was really delving into how the Rochester Police Department depicted their uh, so-called handling of you know, what happened to Daniel Prude and also delved into the, the specific language the RPD used to craft their own narrative of how Daniel Prude uh, you know, behaved during their encounter with him, and and uh, of course, um, the after the, the the terrible aftermath. And, and what we found was um, a lot of the language the RPD used was uh, dehumanizing, uh, unfair. And if you you know watch the video of what happened between their encounter, it's seemingly inaccurate. 
Um, and so uh, why this resonates with me so well, so much as I remember being in the living room with, uh, again, my, my co-author, Matt Treadwell. And it, if, if you've seen the 2017 Spielberg movie, The Post, where everyone, you know, they're, they're all in the, one of the reporters' houses and they're pouring over the Pentagon papers and there, there's papers everywhere and people are chatting over one another. <laughs> That's really what it looked like in my living room with him and I. And there, we have multiple computer lap, yeah, monitors open and, and there's papers and notes all over the place. And we're, we're like, oh, this is an angle or look what we found here. And so it, it was a really powerful moment of being like, wow, I, you know, I'm actually doing something that is authentic and important uh, and is uh, driven by passion in our community in Rochester. So uh, that was a meaningful moment to me. And, and there, there's many others. But um, golly, you know, if anyone is listening out there who thinks uh, have, you, have you ever had a story that you feel like should uh, should be told or if you ever feel like you could, you know, offer something through just uh, who you are right now as an individual and the skills that you have. I, I think that there's plenty of opportunity there for, for local grassroots media to make a difference. Well, um, you know, I, I think for a while, uh, I was pretty guilty of paying more attention to national news that's easy to get distracted and not pay attention to what's going on right under your nose. Um, but I know back in, you know, around 2016, during some of the early Black Lives Matter protests, I would go with my camera. And then later on, I would go see some of the mainstream reporting. And it didn't seem to match up all the time with what I saw while I was there. And so I kind of feel like, uh, you know, at that point, I got inspired to pay more attention to what's going on locally. And I feel like uh, all in all, it was an inspiration for me getting involved with reclaiming the narrative. Um, I think for as far as, you know, stories go, you know, um, you know, they come and go so quick, but I know one that that I did that stands out um, was the interview series on mutual aid. I kind of felt like these barriers to people getting some of the help they needed and being met on their level had been around before the pandemic, but through um, kind of pandemic being like the big equalizer and we were kind of all in it together to watch how the community came together and started these food boxes and uh, these things that still exist today and probably will still exist long after the pandemic's over. Um, I think it was really interesting to see that kind of transpire and have it be kind of a new thing that came out of the need in Rochester that has been so long and it's a new way to address it. And um, from what I've seen, it's been a huge help in the community. And it was just uh, something that'll stand out in my mind as always kind of kind of being there when it first started to happen and being able to report on it and bring it to other people and let other people know this is what's going on, you know, if you want to help, if you need help. And, um, you know, that's that's something that stands out in my mind. So interestingly enough, I actually do watch the local news all the time. Like I, I get home. Um, I watch the news. Well, now I work at night. So I get home before I go to work. I watch the 12 o'clock news. Um, when I'm walking in the door at 11 o'clock at night, I'm like, turn to the news. I don't care what you're watching. So I, I do tend to watch the local news every day if I can. What I've been paying attention to is the framing of the stories um, and, and, and how you know, they, they pick and choose who they will villainize. 
you know, and so one story that really stood out to me was the story that happened during the so-called riots or protests with, again, you know, for some people, we looked at it like they were protests. Uh, some people looked at it like they were riots. And um, however you look at it, that one story about the people, I want to say they might have been on Monroe Avenue. And the whole story wasn't told on the news. The fact that there was, and none of it was right. I don't agree with either side. But the fact that things were said that shouldn't have been said after you know, those individuals walked away and then they came back after the things were said, the news didn't show, the local news didn't show that. And I think you went back and showed the whole story to show it was more than just, we came over here and tried to tear up your stuff. It's, we decided to walk away and then you hurled insults and words that shouldn't be said. So, and I, again, I don't agree with either side, both sides were wrong, but it's the way it was framed in the news where no one would know that it was um, a two-sided situation. It just looked one-sided. Yeah, absolutely. And and if I'm not mistaken, that video, that whole incident got taken up uh, even by uh, the former president of the United States in, a, in as you say, a very uh, one-sided uh, narrative. I wanted to turn to talking about community media more generally as part of a grassroots movement. It's distinct in a lot of ways from commercial mainstream media, um, not least because uh, our media is not driven by the need for clicks uh, and advertising. Our reporters are not beholden to the economic interests of sponsors. Uh, but community media is also distinct from the kind of atomized world of live streamers and social media reporting um, in that, at its best, community media connects citizen journalists and producers with each other to provide training, resources, uh, you know, continued learning, and of course, community. So as you think about the state of community media in Rochester, beyond, uh, what have been the benefits of engaging in this kind of media work for you? And what have the challenges been? I'll start here. This is Jason. Community media has been a really nice, uh, at fear of using the same word again, community. It's, it's a great group. It's a great network to be involved with. The benefits have been meeting folks all over the country, if not world, who are doing very similar work uh, under very similar circumstances uh, in response to the uh, evisceration of local news programs and reportage, uh, reporting. So folks coming together to, to do that work because they care. Learning skills that um, you don't have to pay money to go to college for, though you could, absolutely, you know, but just learning skills uh, in this network of how to tell a story, how to ask questions, how to use technology, right? So you can actually be the person who does the reporting itself. You're writing the story, you're interviewing folks. You could be the person on the tech side of things who's capturing images or, or editing audio or video. Um, you can be a person uh, scheduling, you know, how stories go out and are put together. So, so there's a lot of different interest groups uh, here to to capture what your skills or aspirations might be. 
the challenge is always for me time uh, we most of us are probably beholden to a 40-hour work week to meet our basic material needs and uh, many of us have commitments outside of that including family or, or other interests and time is always the biggest barrier but I, I would tell folks that regardless of how much time you commit if you're already feeling stretched or strapped as I mentioned there's a lot of different ways to get involved it's a, it's a welcoming community of diverse folks and um, I would say go for it reach out see how you can contribute and I think you'll find a home so Leslie through one of your uh, interview series this year you got a chance to talk with uh, grassroots journalists citizen journalists around New York State um, what kinds of insights did you gain about the, the role of community media um, and what are your thoughts on benefits and the challenges of doing that kind of work yourself um, well, what I found was that there was probably more passion than there was like formal education. Um, I expected to find, you know, a lot of people who had been very ingrained in the communications world with all sorts of degrees and things. And what I found was people that were just passionate about telling the stories of their community. Um, I found that uh, one of my interviews, it was a one man show. And he was doing it all on his own. And I mean, I thought that was that was pretty amazing. For me, uh, it's been a learning experience, absolutely, because I'm, I'm still so new, really. And I don't have any background, you know, education in communications or, or media or anything like that. Um, I have like a handful of things here and there. But, um, you know, it's it's been great to learn about how these things go, um, what's you know, the proper way to report things. Um, I, I write as a hobby. So, you know, it's really kind of been a good exercise for me in the stuff that I am already interested in. One of the biggest challenges I think with, with everybody is they're gonna say time, you know. Um, it's hard to carve out the time sometimes, but I find that once I do it, I do feel that it was a worthwhile thing to do. You know, sometimes we feel so out of control with the things that are happening and when news can be depressing. Um, I found it helpful to be able to be involved in something like this. And it makes me feel like I'm helping my community. It's making me feel like I'm taking a little bit of um, control in a situation that often feels out of control. And I found that an overall really positive experience. I think that for me, <laughs> the challenges would, of course, as everyone has said, would be time, um, especially with the changes that have gone on. Because when I started, of course, I was out of work and had all the time in the world. And then I got a job and, and the hours are so crazy. But I think for me, that's the biggest challenge, you know, well, in technology, because, of course, I'm not that tech savvy for sure. But what's been most rewarding, and I think that I've said this to you, it, it gives me something to look forward to. I feel like I learned something, even though I'm not physically out there interviewing or even writing the stories, but I learn something new every week when I'm reading through everything. And, um, you know, especially when we were going inside the studio and I'm hearing everything, like I learned so much that I don't think I would have 
learned, you know, especially listening to local news. Um, a lot of these things that are covered aren't things that I've ever seen covered anywhere. And so it's just like amazing. So it's, it's just a great learning experience for me about our community, about, you know, things that happen in Buffalo, pronunciation of certain things. <laughs> I'm just learning across the board. So, yeah. I yeah. think it's it's great. Well, as we begin to wrap up here, I wanted to ask all of you to share your hopes for the future, either in your own journalism and media work or kind of more generally for Reclaiming the Narrative. Um, what's next? Uh, maybe we can kick it back to Vanessa. My goals for the next year, I actually want to start a podcast type of show. That's, that's really what's been on my mind lately, a, a, a kind of... Um, in the streets going to get opinions for certain things. It can be anything though, not necessarily deep issues, fun issues, whatever. I have an alter ego, so to speak. For reclaiming the narrative, I do want to get, I always tell you, I want to get into interviewing and writing stories, just finding a way to fit that into my schedule so that, you know, I can continue to learn more on that avenue of things. Yeah, in regards to what I'm looking forward to the next year, what my goals are, I really would love to just bring more people into the fold, reach out to my friends, family, acquaintances, anyone I come across. If I see something, someone doing something interesting or you know really talented, hey, did you you know why don't you think about sharing your story or or wow, you you know you're a great listener, you have a penchant for. Um, really elevating and lifting up others, to really recommending why not think about uh, getting involved with grassroots media, you know, getting involved with community media. And I, I think that would be great. Maybe this is, maybe this is, I don't know, a little nerdy or maybe unrealistic, but I, I think back in, in movies where um, there's newspapers in every corner and you, you see those shots of people, you know, reading through the newspapers and it's like, Ooh, what an informed public where everyone could talk about the same set of facts, you know, as if that exists. I guess what I'm saying is I think it would be neat as if, if I go into work one day and you could bring up, Hey, did you see the article in uh, blah, 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 blah last night? It doesn't have to just be reclaim the narrative, although obviously that'd be great, but you know, any other local news source, Hey, did you see this story? What do you think about that? And have the same sort of sense of common facts of people to talk about. Cause I think we really lack that nowadays is, is even if, um, you know, even if people are sort of consuming media or news, uh, maybe it's, it's, they have different sort of sets of facts as, as you could call. That's a whole nother discussion, but, um, I think it would just be really great to have people in a community talking about the same stories, uh, asking questions and having something to relate to. And, and that's getting folks involved in the body politic. And I think we'll all be much healthier for it and have better outcomes across all aspects of our, our society if more people are involved. So, uh, my goal for next year, you know, staying consistent, keep producing, uh, despite the crunch of time, uh, stay consistent, but also trying to bring more folks into the fold. Yeah. And on that note, I'll just chime in here to say that one of the things I've been thinking about as the editor and, and kind of publisher uh, also for Reclaim the Narrative is that, you know, how do you convince people who have their own podcast, have their own live stream, uh, that there is value in bringing that work that you do to a platform where you can network with and learn from and teach 
uh, others who are also similarly invested in uh, the local goings-on of Rochester. Let's kick it over to Leslie to close us out here. Leslie, what what do you want to do yourself as a, a media person, or what do you want to see happen um, with Reclaiming the Narrative and local news generally uh, in the next year? Well, uh, personally, I'd like to... Um you know, find the time to contribute more. Uh, I know I've been a little lax in my contributions lately and I'd like to get back on the horse, so to say. And I'd like to see more people get involved because, you know, many hands make light work. Um, seems like, you know, one of the big issues with a lot of us is time. And if we all, you know, more people carved out maybe a little bit, um, I think it might be, you know, easier on the group as a whole. Um, I think, you know, for reclaiming the narrative, I think, uh, getting some more people involved. I think for myself, sharing stories that are of local interest and then also maybe inspiring for some people to get involved is uh, something that I look forward to doing. All right. Well, thank you all so much for your time today and for your contributions over the years to Reclaiming the Narrative. This has been a Reclaiming the Narrative roundtable reflection on community media and grassroots journalism in Rochester, New York. We've been speaking with Vanessa Ryland Buntley. She is the co-host of Reclaiming the Narrative. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for taking the time out today to share your thoughts with us. Thank you so much for having me. Jason Taylor is a reporter for Reclaiming the Narrative. Jason, thank you as well for taking some time and talking with us today. My pleasure. And Leslie Hannon is a reporter and feature contributor for Reclaiming the Narrative. Leslie, thank you for your time. Thank you for having us. It's always great to be involved. Right, and if you out there listening are interested in becoming a part of Reclaiming the Narrative and reporting on local news, you can send us a message at wxirnews at gmail.com. That's it for this week. Until next time, take care of yourself. And each other.